Hello and welcome to another Real Estate Investment Insights. I'm your host, Derek Doak, and today I get to work with Nick Martinez. Uh, Nick and I have worked on a couple projects together, which is the reason why we're doing this podcast. Uh, I found he and his team uh, very, uh, I guess, knowledgeable as well as knew how, knew how to navigate the waters in these tricky times of getting a loan during the pandemic. So I want to thank uh, both Nick and Chris for that and uh, Taylor Street Capital Partners for helping out. Um, and today we're going to talk about how to get a commercial real estate loan in 2021. Um, as we roll out of this pandemic, uh, lenders have opened up a little bit in certain markets or certain asset classes. And I felt it would be really advantageous for me to bring on Nick and have that conversation around what do lenders look for, how to position yourself as a borrower going into 2021. And we'll just kind of uh, shoot the breeze, if you will, uh, around what we can do in uh, raising money through uh, the lenders out there. So uh, before we get started, I want to have Nick talk a little about what he does and what Taylor Street Capital Partners does, and then we'll launch into some of the questions. So with that, Nick, the floor is yours. Well, well, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. Um, You know, right now we're out here in sunny Phoenix, Arizona, and to give you a brief background as to what we do, you know, Taylor Street Capital, we are a boutique commercial real estate financing firm. So we work close, uh, closely with uh, real estate developers, uh, owners, investors all around the country to, to source and structure and negotiate financing for their real estate projects. So we basically, we were able to structure financing um, as well as equity for all real estate asset classes and work with basically all types of investors. When it comes to somebody who is in need of capital uh, in this marketplace for any type of project, we are able to to go to our stable of I would I would say over 300 lenders that we that we work with to to help them negotiate and source and structure that financing for them, um, whether it be for a refinance of a property, a straight acquisition of a property, or if they're trying to find you know high leverage private equity for you know a speculative real estate construction deal they're trying to do in any part of the country we can go in and work with them understand what they're trying to accomplish and um, you know basically give them options as to what's available right now in the capital market space to to help them leverage their deal yeah. well, that's great i know uh, we got together in through our conversations around other lenders outside the seattle marketplace you know one of the things that uh, I've always appreciated about how you guys have attacked it is you're looking at people that have the lending capabilities that aren't in Seattle or might be a little bit in Seattle and how can you get them more exposure to Seattle. So, uh, and the major metropolitan areas around Seattle, whether it's Tacoma, Everett or wherever. So um, I'm looking forward to working with you going forward with some of our clients uh, in that as well. Um, So if you look at today, you know, one of the things that we're trying to understand is, you know, where the borrowers at. I know like with some of the deals we've worked on, a lot of the borrowers now are asking for, you know, three months reserve, six months reserve, you know, things like that to catch as lenders um, or borrowers off guard, so to speak. Where are you seeing the market today in early 2021 on the lender's perspective? What are they, are there any nuances or there any things that they're looking at, whether it's loan to value or, um, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know, what, are, there, are there any other types of nuances they're looking at as it relates to getting loans? In yeah, so I mean, obviously there was a, a lot of uncertainty as there there were in many industries over, over the past year in the spring and summer months, and that was really evidence in the commercial real estate financing realm. So anywhere from you know agency lenders such as Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae to credit unions to 
you know, regional and local banks, um, it was really tough for them to to have clarity on as to what the future held. So that's why um, they they had a bit of a pullback in those late uh, those late spring and summer months because of the fact that you know there is really no clarity as to what was going to happen with rents or with with the industry or with with certain tenants, if you will, for all asset classes. But now that we've seen. Um, I guess you would say now that we've seen a lot of you know data in terms of collections in certain markets for multifamily rents or collections for certain tenants. Now a lot of lenders have a bit more you know perspective as to you know what's going to happen or what they think can happen in terms of you know the financing realm in the next year. So you know what I would say is on the the, the LTV side, if you will. To give you a brief rundown as to what we're seeing there, um, you know, back I guess you'd say a year ago, a lot of the stabilized assets that lenders would look at would be offering you know upwards to seventy five percent to eighty percent loan to value. That pulled back a little bit. Um, we are now seeing max loan to values uh, around seventy to seventy five percent, depending on the asset class. But really, what I would say is, you know, every loan opportunity is different, um, and we realize there really is no one size fits all loan structure or set of criteria that can be applied to any financing situation. What it really does come down to um, are several different factors, such as asset class, um, project type, um, location as well, and types of tenants. They're going to be determining what lender is best for that situation, right? So, you know, one project could be primed for a stabilized long-term Freddie Mac or, or Fannie Mae financing deal where you know, another project may be best for a local credit union to come in and help that borrower. So it just comes down to those set of factors for the property and also kind of borrower you have as well. So when lenders do look at borrowers um, upfront, what I would say is, you know, there are a couple of things or a, a couple of different factors that all lenders look at right now when considering giving financing to a borrower. So one is going to be experience and track record. So a, a, a lender is going to look at the borrower's ability to not only be successful in their project, but they're going to ask, have you done this before? You know, what have you done in the past that is similar to this kind of project that can ensure that, you know, we can have some confidence that you'll be successful in this next project, right? So experience and track record is one thing they're going to look at and place emphasis on. Um, the other is going to be financial strength and wherewithal. So, lenders are placing a lot of emphasis on borrower liquidity right now. So they want to make sure that not only you have the cash to you know, go in and buy the property, but that you'll be able to you know, cover the debt service and sustain the property, you know, with R&M and expenses in the events, you know, there, there is another pullback when it comes to income and cash flow. So, you know, obviously the cash flow of the property is, you know, first and foremost important for, you know, analyzing a loan, but borrower strength, liquidity, cash on hand, you know, cash and securities, and the borrower's ability to cover any unforeseen events is going to be you know, another strong point that lenders look at as well. And, and you mentioned um, kind of the the borrower or the the geographic area and asset classes. And I know you, both you and Chris have made a ton of calls around uh, to bar to uh, to lenders for the Pacific Northwest. What are you hearing out there from your national type lenders? Are they still enthusiastic about the Northwest? Do they still see it as a great opportunity to, to look at uh, assisting borrowers with loans or is it getting a little more difficult? So, you know, based on, you know, recent data that we've seen that have been released by, you know, several different brokerage houses is they're going to look at the, the fundamentals of any market, right? So in the Pacific Northwest, for example, a lot of great thing, a lot of great attributes that it does have are, you know, high median income, um, high, you know, occupancy rates, 
um, you know, high job growth as well. And also a lot of, you know, jobs in urban areas and outskirt areas that are providing high income for those tenants, right? So when it comes down to the key factors that those national lenders look at, it's going to be those metrics, those foundational metrics of income, population growth, job growth, and overall, you know, what the, the vacancy rates are. And so since those have all been favorable and can continue to be favorable in the Pacific Northwest, that has given them confidence that, you know, real estate in that area is going to be well performing and, and cash flowing for the time being. Um, you know, other, you know, other parts of the country that have been adversely affected in a bit more um, or may not have stronger met or as strong of metrics, um, you know, they may not see as aggressive of terms or they may not, they may not see as low of rates or high of leverage when it comes down to it. So um, overall, you know, we see Washington and the Seattle area still, you know, being strong when it comes to lenders and what they see when it comes to um, providing capital. Yeah, that's great. That's good to hear. Even though you've got sunshine in Phoenix, we still got a good strong market in Seattle. I guess that's the, the bright side for us. Um, when, you, when you look at it from the borrower's perspective, what should a borrower do before they reach out to you or, or somebody on the, the lending side? Is there is there anything different besides the traditional, you know, getting the financial statements in order, getting your tax returns and getting all your story around uh, what you're going to do with the funds? Are there is there any particular, um, I guess, package that somebody should look to do prior to reaching out uh, to get some uh, uh, loan information? Yeah, of course. So there are you know a few basic things that any borrower can have prepared ahead of time in order to give themselves um, the best chance of, of getting qualified for financing, but also giving the lender the best, the most confidence, if you will, to extend capital to them. So the, a few of the basic items that you're going to want to have prepared ahead of time are going to be your real estate resume. Uh, basically outlining what you've done in the past, um, you know, outlining your experience, your successes, and describing projects that you've worked on, um, whether it be recently or that you've sold, to show that you have the wherewithal and the ability to not only purchase but manage these properties in a way that will, you know, provide them to uh, to maintain their cash flow and be successful and um, and overall well performing assets, right? Uh, a few other things are going to be update your real estate uh, schedule of real estate. So showing what else you own right now, what else you have owned, making sure that other properties that you do own are, are cash flowing, have positive NOI because lenders, obviously, if they're going to be extending capital to a borrower, they want to make sure that the loan they're providing for this property is for this property only and isn't going to be used to cover any sort of cash flow deficits or any debts uh, that may be you know, applied across your real estate portfolio. So having a good real estate resume and a good real estate or schedule of real estate would be two important things so lenders can see your experience and what you own. Um, also, your standard three months uh, or three years of tax returns, obviously, you're going to want to show that. Um, whether it be a recourse or non-recourse loan, lenders are going to want to see that you have liquidity. So three months of bank statements showing that you do have that adequate um, you know, cash on hand on your personal financial statements. And also, you know, right now, what I would say is probably going to be important and you know, more so than the other things is your business plan. So every property is like a, is like a business, right? So if you want a lender to extend capital to that property and you as a borrower, you're going to want to have a well put together pro forma and business plan. So whether it's just a simple acquisition of a stabilized cash flowing property, or if it's a, you know, a ground up development, you're going to want to have a business plan showing this is what my plan is. This is what we're buying it at. And this is our, our management strategy to go in and 
you know, whether it be to, if you have a goal to raise rents, you know, this is how we're going to raise these rents, or if we're going to be cash flowing and stabilizing it, just have a, a goal and a strategy to, to go into that property and how you're going to manage it. Because a lender at the end of the day, they care about having a story. And if you can provide them confidence that you're going to be a good borrower and maintain that asset adequately, then they're going to have you know more confidence in you and the property and be more willing to extend that capital to you. So, you know, like I said, you know, every every property is different, but those foundational things are what you're going to want to have ahead of time to, to to make a lender confident in you if you're establishing a new relationship. Yeah, and and, and this, this this is great because I know that in a lot of conversations I've had with individuals that are borrowers, and then they talk about their buddy or their friend who got this incredible loan at two point seven five percent, but they don't know the real estate resume, the schedule of real estate owned, the tax returns for the last few years, the cash on hand. They don't know all the things that the lender is looking at to give them that great rate. And uh, and so, you know, this is why I, I, I believe you should really build your story and your package prior to going shopping for a rate. Because if I brought you a full complete package with my real estate history, uh, my schedule of real estate, the summary of the cash flow from each one of those, my three years of tax returns, um, three months of bank statements, and then my business plan around the asset I'm looking at, that package is going to be a lot easier for you to make the phone calls to the top lenders, top 10, 15, 20 lenders, and say, here's this great A borrower I have, because you'll be able to vet it out. You know what gets vetted. Um, and this is what I try to tell property owners. If you're trying to refinance or you're trying to buy a new asset, put these things in together. I mean, if you put this together, you're going to have a much better opportunity to see what your true rate's going to be versus making a phone call and saying, what are the rates today for a retail center? Oh, well, they're about, you know, 4.25. Great. Well, if your credit's not that good and your story's not that good, it might be 5.75. And then you're going to be all upset with you as the person putting the loan together. Why couldn't you get me that 4.25? Exactly. And like you mentioned, you know, that that closing rate that you, you'll see published in, you know, via emails or if somebody, you know, in a way, you know, brags about a certain rate they got, that really is a culmination of a lot of different factors, right? And so, you know, the the you know any property you know can get a certain range of rates, but there there really is like like I said, no cookie cutter way of getting a loan. There is no boilerplate rate for any sort of asset. Um, you know, every loan is contingent upon many different factors. Like I said, the property and the borrower, but you know there are many different ways that you could strengthen how you are viewed as a borrower that could ultimately result in you getting a better rate or getting you know more favorable terms with your loan because of the fact that you were well prepared ahead of time right so if we were to have as a firm if we were to have those materials and you know well put together resume bio um, and an organized package we would be able to more efficiently and um, you know better market borrowers to lenders and then that makes the lender's job a lot easier because we're not having to to convince them or you know fight for for certain terms when the you know, the the well put together resume and us being able to make a, a borrower look as strong as possible that immediately is seen by a lender and they develop their own opinion about that borrower ahead of time right so if we if we bring a deal to a lender and we have to have them tell us that we need more information on the borrower we need more strength we need more of this then that kind of creates sort of an, an uphill battle that you're you're um, you're fighting to get a good loan right but if you go into the presenting a, a proper package to a lender ahead of time from the get-go right out of the gate, then they ultimately will have a positive outlook on you as a borrower and will ultimately, again, like I said, result in you getting the best terms, if that makes sense. 
Oh, it totally does. Uh, that's great. And I know as a borrower, putting this stuff together sometimes is the pain in the butt. You know, we just want to deal with the real estate. I just want to get out there. I want to get the tenants. I want to make the tenants happy, make the property look great and pristine and bring, you know, customers to the property for my retail tenants. So when you sit there and say, okay, Derek, here's what I need you to give me prior to me looking for a loan. It's like, oh, seriously, Nick, come on. I got to put all this stuff together. But at the end of the day, I know you're going to get me a better rate. You're going to get me better terms and you're going to bring more competition to the table. If I just do a little bit of that homework up front. Um, it's no different than when you sell a piece of property, right? You tell people, make your property uh, street appeal strong, you know, make sure your leases are really solid, uh, make sure there's no deferred maintenance, uh, make sure you get a property inspection report, phase one, all the things you want to do as a seller to get the top dollar. This is what you need to do, these top five things to do in order to get probably the best loan. So. Yeah, and, and well, I'd say as our value is the fact that we, you know, we are very close and have deep relationships with with dozens and even over a hundred lenders. I would say nationwide, right? And so we, you know, we pride ourselves in the fact that we know these lenders, these lenders inside and out. We know what they like to see. We know what they need to see up front. We know what gets gets good borrowers in the door with them. So when it comes to you know letting borrowers know what they need to provide ahead of time, it's because of the fact we know what is needed to get a deal done and to get the best terms, right? So if we have those minimum needs that those items that are required up front, that makes our job a lot easier, or you know it makes it go by a, a bit faster in terms of the process to go out and bring that package to several different lenders to make them compete and negotiate the best pricing versus having to take maybe one or two weeks to even get our package set up and you know go through the ins and outs of what's needed ahead of time to get the best deal, right? So it really only benefits the borrower by having those items prepared ahead of time, because then therefore we can better represent our clients to the marketplace and get them the best deal. Because um, at the end of the day, anything you can do to get the best rate or get a better rate or you know get better terms, higher leverage, that ultimately results in a, a better investment performance. and and um, Yeah. Are there, where are you seeing now um, rates as far as what's the future? What, this is always that, you know, looking at your tea leaves, hearing the conversations from uh, your lenders. Is there any anticipation for 2021 to be any different than 2020 as far as, far as rates go, or is it going to be close to the same? So we, we, yeah. So across the board, we really don't anticipate a whole lot of change to rates right now. So again, depending on the asset class, depending on the location, um, you know, could have an effect on the rate. But you know, we're seeing rates, you know, in the three percent, you know, low to mid threes for for high quality cash flowing assets, maybe in the higher threes with um, with local lenders or credit unions who who may be a bit cheaper in terms of prepays, but um, overall rates are still historically low and there is ample capital out there for every type of asset class. It's just about finding that capital and finding the right lender at the right time who maybe have a program or maybe, you know, looking to be aggressive on a certain type of product at a certain period of time. So again, you know, lenders change all the time, um, but you know, it's our job to kind of keep our ear to the, to the ground to, to be aware and be made aware of all the best programs as soon as they're available. And as soon as those programs are, you know, are made, you know, are brought to our attention, you know, we try our best to go out and inform our lenders or our clients and our borrowers, Hey, this is what's available now. This is what you take advantage of. Right. So, um, you know, it's a, it's an ever changing environment um, and capital markets can change on a dime, but you know, again, right now, 
the the moral of the story is rates are still very very low for for good quality assets and and good borrowers. Um, it's just about finding the right uh, the right lender to 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 help you get that capital. Yeah, that was great. I appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. Um, and if if somebody uh, wanted to get a hold of you uh, and they're looking at exploring, you know, whether it's a new acquisition or a refinance, how could somebody reach out and get a hold of you and your team? Well, um, you know, what I can do is I can, you know, if you if you're able to, you know, maybe send out our information, you can definitely do so. You can obviously find our contact info on TaylorStreetCapital.com. So that's TaylorStCapital.com and find our information there. Um, and you know, we'd be happy to speak with anybody who in any part of the country who may, you know, even have questions about financing or wants to just get a, a lay of the land when it comes to the capital markets and whether it's any kind of asset class, any location, we can definitely give you a rundown as to what we're seeing and provide you feedback that you can use as leverage when, when underwriting your property and going from there. So, um, you know, we're happy to work with anybody and we're, we're here to be a resource on the capital markets because, uh, it's an ever-changing landscape and ever-changing environment and we're you know we know it's it's tough so um, we're here to help well, that's great well thanks nick and then uh for the audience out there if uh you want to get more information from uh from nick and and uh, capital street uh go ahead and, and reach out to nick or you can reach out to me at uh, derekdoke.com and uh, get my information and send me a note and i'll get it to nick uh pronto so he can help you out so with that, I want to thank everybody for listening in. Nick, I appreciate you taking the time to enlighten us on kind of 2021. It will definitely be an interesting year. Let's just hope it's all a little better than 2020. I'm sure it will be. I'm hoping so as well. But thank you very much, Derek. Appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. You bet. You're welcome. Have a great day. All right.